Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 108. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. We're here each and every week to share the latest and greatest in all the Apple tech news. Sometimes we, well, okay, most of the time we always try to share some great iPhone tips, and I'm sure we'll be talking more iPad stuff, and going to be talking about Apple banning the app, hackers from the App Store, all kinds of stuff. What's going on today, Chris? All, all kinds of stuff, man. Oh, man, you know, it's it's all good. Just uh, been playing a lot of the, the world's greatest iPhone game, which we'll talk about in a little while. The world's greatest iPhone game. And hey, remind me to share my new favorite productivity. I, I, I'm going to call it a productivity app for the iPhone. So remind, I'll remind you about the game if you remind me about my, my new favorite app. Sounds good. All right. So what's going on as far as news, though? Well, the big news uh, this morning that I just uh, just got off the interwebs is that Apple's offering free hard drive replacements for certain MacBooks. And uh, Apple's begun replacing failed hard drives and MacBooks purchased between 2006 and 2007. The program will run until August 15, 2010. And the following models are covered. The 13-inch MacBook, 13-inch late 2006 model, and a 13-inch mid-2007 uh, MacBook, both black and white. And uh, you must prove that you have a dead hard drive. And customers who paid for a hard drive replacement of one of the, the other models may qualify for a reimbursement of the repair costs. Uh, just if you have a, if you have a dead hard drive and your MacBook is between you know, 2006 and 2007, take it into the Apple Store. You might be able to get it fixed for free. Um, this actually happened to me uh, maybe two years ago, a year and a half ago, and I I was out of warranty. And I just went ahead and went to Micro Center, bought a new like you know three hundred gig hard drive, and, and threw it in the in the laptop in ten minutes. So I guess I could have got a free sixty gig hard drive, but what's the point, you know? Yeah, I no, I think it's uh, I think that's actually my MacBook. So I I wonder if I should be worried, uh, and I wonder if I can tell when I bought my my MacBook. Uh, you can tell uh, if you go to the support page. You can tell when you bring up your serial number. I'll tell you what, watch this. If I just go uh, Apple Kenwood in my Gmail account, mm-hmm. I will be willing to bet that I only have so many here. And here's June 11th, 2007, your receipt hit view. And let's see here. There's a 13-inch MacBook White. Uh, purchased on June eleventh, two thousand seven. Hmm. Well, thing is, though, if your hard drive's not dead, you can't bring it in. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> I guess there's a certain run. Uh, okay. Because they, they, they use they, they don't use always the same hard drives for you know you can have two MacBooks bought you know at the same time from the store and they're gonna have two different hard drive manufacturers in them. One okay. may have a Samsung and one may have a Toshiba. You know. All right. So I think I think mine was a Toshiba, and I replaced it with a Samsung. Who knows? I, you know, hard drives are like candy now. I mean, they are literally right. You know, pennies on the gig. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, dollars on the gig, but 
Yeah, it's storage is the bottom has fallen out on hard drive space now. So which is a good deal. Which is a good deal. I like. I love. I love it. Although I want the I want some flash memory to continue to drop down. I, I I haven't seen a good price drop there in a while. Yeah, flash memory RAM is kind of holding steady too. Uh, I bought four gigs. Actually, it's not bad though. I bought four gigs for my MacBook Pro a few months ago, and that was about a hundred bucks. Well, that's not too bad. I remember Cliff Golm bringing back the Wayback Machine. You know, yeah, uh, nineteen ninety six. I'm working at Best Buy, right? Uh, fresh in college, you know, young and virile and weighed 200 pounds. I was getting in good shape. Anyway, um, I bought four megabytes of RAM for my computer at the time. $200. Oh my gosh. Four megabytes. As in four floppy disks. That's crazy, man. I have a thousand times more storage. I got it for a hundred bucks or more, you know, more, more space. Yeah. All right. So you want to, you want to hear going back to the Wayback machine. <laughs> Dude, listen to this. I remember when I went to a computer fair in Cincinnati. Nice computer fairs. Uh-huh. And at the computer fair, I bought this thing that looks like a three-hole punch, only it was a one-hole punch. <gasps> was it so you could use the, both sides of your floppy disk? Yes. Ah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I I used to make I used to turn all of my single density uh uh what are they? Three and a half, three and a quarter inch floppies. No, and were they the big ones? I thought they were the soft ones. I thought they were I, five and a. No, the, this this was the this was the small one. I used to oh. I used to be able to punch a hole in it, and it would it would double the density of the disc. That's hilarious. Oh yeah, because there was one side was the right protection, the other side was the density. Yes. Hole. Yes. Golly, man. And floppies were, dude. I yeah, I used to have tons to buy floppies by the armloads. I know. I know. I, I remember making like versions of software and putting it on 35 floppies and selling it to people. It was fun. I, I used to, in middle school, there, you, know, you remember the, the flying simulator game Falcon? Yeah. Okay. I used to, I had a copy of that. I'd copy it for people in class. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, on high school, we, would, we loaded our typing server with like, you know, Jordan versus Bird, you know, one-on-one basketball and world-class leaderboard golf and doom and wolfenstein and oh uh, yeah it was yeah. awesome those are the fun <laughs> days man now we can put all that stuff on our phone oh yeah now i have 178 applications that are way bigger than that on my phone yeah no doubt so hey apple bans hackers from the apple store what's this all about yeah this is still kind of developing um ban might not be the right word but that what that's what seraph Hashim has saying he says he's been denied access to the app store uh, from their from the join I- the club buddy from their iPhones by Apple mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when he tried to connect he was greeted with an image that said your Apple ID was banned for security reasons oh and uh, yeah so it looks this like, isn't uh, from selling apps this is from buying them yeah wow yeah so I yeah Apple's really starting to kind of play dirty with it with the hackers which I'm kind of split on. I'm I'm a guy that has jailbroken his phone in the past. I don't do it. I haven't done it in a while. It, every time I do it, I like it for about a week, and then I realize my battery life is like really dramatically draining more, and uh, it just weirdness happens. So I go back to uh, a pure phone. But um, I don't. Yeah, man, they're, they're cracking down. And the reason they're really cracking down on the jailbroken community is, I would be, and I, I I've I've tried it myself, and it actually is really easy. 
uh, you can put cracked games on your phone or cracked applications that you download off the internet without buying them on the app store. And piracy is a really big problem for a lot of the app developers are saying. So, um, like I said, I, I, I have tried it, but I don't do it now and I don't really condone it because, you know, they can actually track you. They can actually see who's paid for the app and who hasn't. And they have your, uh, your SSID number. So, you know, you're just asking for trouble when you do stuff like that. And believe me, I've spent, wait a second. So you're talking about hacking and cracking, but I haven't heard you tie that together with this thing called jailbreaking that you've said so much about. Yeah. If if you have a jailbroken phone, is that what we're talking about here? Yes. Oh, well see now, now see people need to perk up now. Because there are many times when, you know, we've talked about jailbreaking. There's really nothing bad and stuff like that. We talked about the fact that Apple considers it illegal. So so just so people know that we're not talking about anything bad, huge, gigantic, malicious. But now we're talking about the fact that if you simply jailbroke your phone so that you could have a little extra functionality, you might actually be blocked from buying anything from the real app store. Well, I think what they're doing, I don't know if they can tell, like, let's say I have a jailbroken phone. I don't think they can specifically tell if I have a jailbroken phone, like if I go to the app store. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing, I think, is if, if you're if you're out in public saying, hey, I have a jailbroken phone, I have a jailbroken phone, they might be able to go around and, and block your account that way. I don't know. Who knows? All I know is that the they're really and this guy was part of the iPhone dev team, and it could be that they're actually just targeting the people who are creating the the method for jailbreaking. Yeah. So far, it, the only people that have been banned that that have said they have been banned are, are two people from the from this iPhone dev team that makes the jailbreak possible. So I, I don't think they're 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 targeting yeah the I, standard user. It's questionable how they would how they would find out. But at the same time, you know, this Seraph Hashem, I'm sure that it, it's just quite clear that he is, quote unquote, jailbreaking his phone, seeing as how he's helping everybody in the world to do it. So, right, right. So, oh, well, I, I, your best policy is not to run a jailbroken phone. Yeah. And really with all the new apps and stuff, it's it's not really a big deal anymore. Even even running things in the background, I think Apple's going to going to solve that bug at some point. So. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on in the in the world today. Other than the world's greatest iPhone game, awesome. Well, tell me about the world's greatest iPhone game. Then we will uh, play some voice feedback questions, and also we got some. Uh, we've got one more question that's in the uh, in the old chat room here. Or two questions. It looks like the world's greatest iPhone game combines two of my favorite things: botany. Okay, and, seriously. You know, the, yeah, botany right. and the uh, the impending undead apocalypse. Okay, I'm talking about the game Plants versus Zombies. I've heard people talking about this. What's what? so What's so addictive about this? First, it's a it's a desktop tower defense game, sort of. That's kind of where it, it takes its uh, you know takes its um, homage to. I guess it's a game where okay, you you have a yard, right? Yep. And the undead are, are walking across your yard to go into your house and eat your brains because that's just what zombies do, you know. Yeah. One track mine. Well, you have these plants that you can that you can that you can uh, plant in, into your yard that will help you defend against the impending zombie apocalypse. Right. And they shoot. You know, each one has certain you know weapons that they shoot, like little like pea like a little pea shooter, or one shoots frozen peas that freeze the zombie for a second. 
And, uh, you know, each, each, th- each time you plant something, it, it requires so much sun and you, you can plant sunflowers to help make sun. And, um, it's really, really cute the way that the zombies are just adorably like, you know, not scary at all. Right. And, uh, they have different zombies. Like if a zombie's wearing a bucket on his head, he's got a little more, he could take a lot more hits than just a zombie walking around. Or if a zombie's holding a screen door, you know, he can block certain things. And uh, there's zombies with javelins and uh, zombie dolphins. And just it, it's ridiculously awesome and uh, a lot of fun. And the best part about the game is it's $3. Wow. And this is on the iPhone? It's on the iPhone. It, it was actually a, a desktop game. You can, you can go to popcap.com and mm-hmm. try a demo in Flash. Uh, but no, this game is, is consistently ranked as one of the best games. You know, it won a bunch of games of the year last year. And uh, it's been announced for the iPhone for quite some time. Finally came out this week. And uh, I think last time I checked on the iTunes store, if you, if you do a search for Plants vs. Zombies, it was the number one app. And I, I always look at the apps and I always look at the star ratings to see, you know, what people say about them and stuff. So I'm going to go to Plants vs. Zombies, which is the number one paid app right now. It's got uh, 1,764 five stars, 55 four stars, three seven stars, or I'm sorry, uh, three, yeah, seven three stars, one two star, and 24 one stars. And I was looking at all the one stars, and the people that are complaining are, are, are just saying that, you know, they took out a couple of the elements from the full game. There's something called like survival mode and stuff like that. Right. But the full game's $20 on your, on your desktop. This is three bucks. So it's already given me more than $3 of entertainment. I've been playing it every night since it's been out. Um, it's, it works really, really well on the 3G. If there's like a ton of zombies coming and a ton of plants and stuff, it does slow down just a, 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 t- a tick, but it doesn't take away from the game. And if you have a 3GS, it runs perfect. Uh, but yeah, for $2.99, it's, at, it's an absolute no-brainer. Get this game. I, I give it 65,000 thumbs up. 65,000 thumbs up. Undead thumbs and five unclaimed zombie brains. Exactly. There you I'm go. trying to see what what else I've I've played recently. <clears throat> I got Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. Uh, it's super adult game. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it has rough language and stuff. Uh, Doom Two RPG. Haven't played it yet. Uh, Words with friends. If you like Scrabble, yeah. Uh, it, there's two versions. There's a free one that's ad supported, and then you know the one the, the normal one costs like three bucks. I got the free one. You get an ad after every move. Not a big deal, but it's really, really fun. That like, would you be a it. huge deal to me. It's not. It, well, once, once you play it, it's not a big deal. Once you see it, it's not a big deal. All right. You know, for free, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But um, it's cool because it's push notifications. So like, if I make a move, you know, you'll get a little push on your phone saying, hey, Chris made a move, and then you can, you know, you can get to it whenever you want. I've been playing the same game with, uh, with people you know, for weeks now. Uh, for about a week now. And like uh, my good friend... Uh, Chris Bergman, he um, he's been kicking my butt at uh, words for f- words with friends. So uh, I'm probably going to concede victory to him shortly because I'm running out of tiles and space. But I'll get him next time. Nice. But yeah, get words with friends. If if, if anybody gets it uh, on the on the app store, uh, my username is C Biting, and it's super fun. Like I said, there's two versions. There's a free version and there's a paid version. The paid version is doesn't have ads. And uh, they're both awesome, though. So, very cool. Those are my two apps. I, I highly recommend getting Words with Friends and Plants versus Zombies. Awesome. Get it now. Get it while I'm talking to you. 
I will not get Plants vs. Zombies just simply because I hear, I hear so many people talking about it and I am not interested in another time suck right now. It would be a time suck. Uh, I, that's it. I, I, I know. I, I, I've already just based upon what I've heard about the game. It's just like Farmville. I, I refuse to even, even look at that application. I'm so glad I blocked it when I got all those invitations early on because I can't imagine how many people have spent literally, you know, sixty, eighty, hundred hours of their life playing Farmville. I have to admit, I, I play Bejeweled Blitz now. I'm yep. kind of addicted to that. Yep. But I play it on my iPhone because if, if you get Bejeweled Two for your iPhone, uh-huh. it's got Blitz in it, and it and it syncs up to the uh, to Facebook. So, yeah, my only I don't time- know. I, when I when I lay I lay in bed and Emily reads for you know a little while, and then she falls asleep. And while she's doing that, I uh, I play a couple iPhone games. The only thing that I do that's a time suck as far as gaming it, these days would be uh, Zynga Poker. And I only play that from my iPhone as well. Yeah, I see you offering me to play, and I'm like, ah, I'm too busy fighting zombies. Yeah, I'm all, <laughs> I'm all, I'm almost to a million dollar a million chi- dollars in chips, so almost there. Well, anyway, uh, we have some questions here, and then I'll get to my app pick of the week. Um, not that I, I shouldn't call it the pick of the week because we don't have one every week, but uh, uh, my app pick for this week. Okay. Anyway, uh, we have some questions here. First of all, this comes from Anne. She says, hey, Chris and Cliff, how are you guys doing? I have two questions. First of all, a long time ago, Cliff was talking about uh, using, let's see, about having Windows installed on your Mac. Can you explain exactly how you can do this? Are there any risks? And is it easy to do and manage? So that's a great question. Uh, one we haven't had in quite some time. And uh, this is our friend Anne in Germany. And to answer your question, Anne, it is very easy to do. Um, in fact, it's the one thing that I'm surprised that Apple has made so easy to put a competitor's operating system on the on your system. Not just the functionality and the ability to do it, but actually to to make software that's included with your Mac to make it possible, and also to give you all the drivers to do it. Um, so the, fir- the there are several ways that you can do it. Uh, actually, two two ways, and one of the ways has several software options. Uh, my, I'm going to just tell you the one that's included with Macs, and uh, one that you know basically is set up already for you uh, right out of the box is Boot Camp. And if you just go to your Finder, which is the little um, magnifying glass at the top right hand corner of your screen. If you type in the word boot camp, you'll see like a boot camp installer or boot camp uh whatever program. It'll it'll pull up and if you click that, it gives you the ability to um simply do a step-by-step installation of your Windows side uh your Windows installation. So you have to buy your own copy of Windows. I personally would suggest Windows 9 uh Windows XP. I was about ready to say Windows 95, <laughs> not Windows 95. I would personally suggest Windows XP, but um, I'm hearing people say that Windows, Windows 7. 7. Windows 7. Yeah, I hear people saying Windows 7 is nice. I still got a lot of clients who still experience issues with uh, sound drivers and stuff like that in Windows 7. They make changes and then all of a sudden they don't keep them. Nah, if you have a Mac, though, you're, you're fine. All right. So anyway, uh, you get your disk and then you just walk through it. And what it's going to ask you to do, it's going to ask you to devote a certain portion 
of your hard drive, or it's going to ask you to partition your drive. Um, that sounds complicated, but it's really not, at least not the way that they have it set up. So you'll just have a little slider, or, and you say, okay, I want to give the Windows side, I don't know, and I think it's like a min- minimum of like five gigs or something like that. And um, I think I set mine for like just 15 gigs because I know that I'm not going to do a lot of them on the Windows side. I just need it there for Adobe Audition. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you just decide how much of your hard drive you want to devote there. And then what you can do is once it's finished, when you start your computer, you shut your computer down and you hold the option key. Hold the option key down and push the power button. And when it loads, pulls up the screen, it's going to give you an option to either boot into Windows or boot into the Mac OS. And it's really that simple. And there's a way for you to choose in the boot camp settings which one, like if you don't push the option button, you can actually set it to default to where it opens in Windows or to default that it opens in the Mac side. So that's your solution there. And then the other solution uh is uh, the option to do virtualization. And I'll let Chris take it over from there. Yeah, I I prefer to run everything in a virtual machine. You're not going to get as much system performance out of it. If you need, you know, if you need the full iron of your computer, go ahead and use Bootcamp. Um, but I like to put my stuff in a virtual machine. That way I can run both at the same time. And there's a couple options you could do for that. Uh, the first one I'll give you is a free option. It's called VirtualBox. And it's made by Sun Computer. And it runs, you know, not only can you run Windows, you can run, you know, uh, Linux and stuff like that. But uh, you have to have the, the Windows disk, but you take VirtualBox, you run it, and then it says, okay, put in, you know, your Windows disk or Windows image, and it'll load Windows up on your on your Mac. Uh, works real good. It's pretty simple. Uh, VirtualBox, you know, is free, so it's it's as good as free can be. Uh, the, the other two are VMware and something called Parallels. Both of them cost about 80 bucks. Uh, they offer a little bit more integration. You, know, you can actually have, let's say, like an IE8 or an IE9 window up and just have that window up and all the other Windows stuff be hidden in the background. And it works really good. Uh, supports uh, supports basic 3D. I wouldn't say you want to play like the newest, uh, you know, I wouldn't say you want to play Mass Effect 2 uh, in Parallels or, or VMware or anything like that. But if you just need to use Office or a specific, you know, a lot of companies have these uh, web applications that specifically only work in IE. Uh, using things like Parallels, VirtualBox, VMware, those will all work just fine. And I use I use uh, VMware. I've been hearing vir- uh, Parallels has gotten a little bit better. They kind of leapfrog each other every few months, so you know it's good to kind of check them out. You can download free trials of either one of those, you know, Parallels.com or VMware.com. And, and like I and like I said, VirtualBox is free, so just you can do a search for VirtualBox and use that too. Very cool. And also, I want to let you know that I have Parallels on my system and and purchased like version I think it was two point or three as soon as it switched over or something. Anyway, I initially long time ago I installed Windows in Parallels and it worked great for a very long time, and then all of a sudden it started to get just so dead slow that it was just unusable. And, um, you know, I, I, it was, I don't know if it was really, I think it was parallels fault. I, I really do. Um, but anyway, it, it, it just got to where it was just unusable. So I, I went ahead and uninstalled it. I deleted that whole virtual bo- machine off of there out of parallels. And then I went ahead and installed via boot camp. But here's the good news. 
now that I've got it installed via boot camp, and this is, I definitely suggest, 100%, I suggest, and Chris can disagree if he wants, but uh, let me see if I can get it out and then tell me what you think, Chris. I suggest definitely opening in boot camp because then you have the ability to run it at full capacity when you want to. And then if you have parallels, now this is probably true of VM and this other virtual box thing, I'm not sure, but at least with parallels, I know that now that I have Windows in boot camp, I'm also able to use parallels to open my boot camp while my Mac is still while my Mac side is still running. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like the best of both worlds. That's exactly and what I'm saying. If you, have, if you have the hard drive space, by all means, that's that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you though, if you run these virtual machines, you know you want to have at least two gigs, if not four gigs of RAM in your machine for it to run good. Yeah. That and see that's and my, any more than that, you're kind of you're. It's not going to be a pleasant experience for you. Yeah, I've got two gigs in my machine, which you know everybody knows is not like full two gigs available. Um, it, it's basically, I, I, you, you have to have at least a, a, a gig left over for your, your Mac side. And, um, and then of course giving a gig over to of Ram over to your Windows side. And I will tell you, it just gets, it just seems a little sluggish, but, uh, anyway, I, I suggest going boot camp and then using something like parallels to actually boot, uh, to virtual machine into that boot camp which is really nice. So you do get the bo- best of both worlds. And yeah, by, exactly. and by the uh, way, we should mention boot camp absolutely free and uh-huh. and these other systems, you know, VirtualBox is free. I don't know if you can actually virtual machine into a boot camp, but I would assume that you can. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. All right. Check VirtualBox's website for more details. She has another question, is there a free program for the Mac to download and convert YouTube videos? And uh it's not kind of. it, it's not software, but it's easy and free for anybody to get the videos because it's all web based. Uh, Chris, you you put in the show notes. Uh, what is it? YouTube to MP4 dot com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. YouTube to the number two MP4 the number four dot com. And there's a bookmarklet on the site. And what a bookmarklet is? It's a little piece of code. But all you do is drag this bookmarklet up to your bookmarks bar. And then what you do is you go to uh, YouTube and kind of the open secret of YouTube is that all the videos that are on YouTube site now are not only, you know, they're they're not only running on flash, but they're also MPEG fours that, you know, you can enable HTML five and run them without using flash. Uh, But that means, you know, that it has a flash wrapper, but the actual MPEG four file is, is there. And, this bookmarklet, what you do is you go, you go to the video you, you want to you, you get. Um, once it loads up or you begin watching it, you click on this little bookmarklet that says save YouTube video. And all of a sudden, you're downloading the video uh, to your computer. Now, it's going to be called video.mp4. You want to rename that when you're done. Yep. But yeah, it'll play in QuickTime or, or uh, you know, VLC or any, any video player you have. Works great. Tested it out. Uh, downloaded a 30 meg video and uh, it was awesome. Very cool. Hey, we've got our first voicemail for um, Help I Got a Mac from Sweden, and this is from our good friend Maxine, and this is what she has to say. Hi, this is Maxine from Switzerland, and I am calling for Help I Got a Mac. Hi, Chris. Hi, Cliff. Um, I call because I have a problem with my MacBook. Uh, I have a wireless connection at home, and it doesn't work with my Mac, and I don't know why. 
I have a PC, a cell phone, an iPad Touch, and all of them work great with my wireless. But with my MacBook, it's a connection waiting, and it's never get connected. Um, it's strange because uh, with my neighbor wireless, which has an unsecurized uh, wireless, it's work great. Um, most of the time, I end up using uh, my the cable uh, or the, my neighbor wireless. Um, if you know how to resolve this problem, that would be great. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Thank you very Cliff, much, Maxine. Go ahead. Cliff, I'm going to give this one to you because you dealt with this. Oh, my gosh. I've dealt with this. Uh, for several months, Maxine, I had the same exact problem that you have. I, I sit there. I have this Linksys router, and this Linksys router worked for me for years. I got multiple PCs. I had iPhones. I've got everything. I mean, everything under the sun works with my Linksys router perfectly. Then all of a sudden, I go out, I buy a MacBook, and lo and behold, my MacBook... Now, here's the here's the caveat for me, is that the MacBook would connect to my Linksys router, but it would kick... I mean, it would completely shut down my router, and it would actually lose complete connection to the internet every 15 minutes, or every 45 minutes, or every hour and a half, whenever. And then all of a sudden, when I would reset it, the... The P, all the PCs and the iPhones, everything but my MacBook would be able to connect to the wireless, but my Mac wouldn't even see it, and it was just it was just really really messed up. Um, I dealt with it for several months. I dealt with Linksys support. I dealt with Apple support. There was just absolutely nothing that ever fixed this. the The thing that I had that I did to finally fix this is I I went to the store, the Apple store. I bought a airport uh extreme which is the apple brand of wireless router and i will tell you since i did that i have not had a single issue all the same computers in fact um we had let's see here just not too long ago about three weeks ago two weeks ago we had uh 30 plus people at our home and a majority of them had hooked up their uh, their iPhone to the Wi-Fi here, their laptops to the Wi-Fi. Everything works perfectly fine on my Apple uh, Airport Extreme. But uh, I will tell you, it, 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 I believe I would say it is a known issue that if you have a MacBook, it does not play fair or play nice at all with non-Apple router routers. Now, if anybody disagrees with me, that's fine. But I'm just telling you my experience. And when I actually researched this stuff, I I, I knew for a fact when I, I saw all the other forums and the other people dealing with this stuff that I was not alone. So my suggestion, Maxine, uh, although it, it could be you know costly, is to go out and get yourself an Airport Extreme router and see if that fixes it for you. And maybe see if you can pick one up on eBay. Yeah, that's what I would do. That that's that's what I would yeah. do. It, yeah, maybe it's a conspiracy, and Apple only wants you to use airports. No, well, that's that's exactly what I thought, man. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought when I when I had the issue. Wait, we've got one more call, and then we're gonna wrap up here. So this is Wayne okay. Wayne Henderson from sunny California. Hi, Cliff and Chris. Uh, this is Wayne Henderson from the Tuning In with Wayne Henderson podcast, calling for help. I got a Mac, and I just wanted to throw a little thing out there. Uh, you know, some people have said, you know, focus more on the Apple computer things and less on the iPhone. And, 
and it's all good with me. Um, cover the Macs, the computers, the iPhones, and the iPads, because, you know, contrary to popular belief, the iPhone, although you can make telephone calls on it, it's a miniature Mac computer, as will be the iPad. So they are all Macs to me, and just my personal vote is cover them all. Thanks, guys. This is Wayne. We'll talk to you soon. And now, back to help. I got a Mac. Hey, Wayne, thank you so much. And here's the good news. We're going to talk about anything that comes in via voicemail. So if anybody has a problem with us talking about something they don't want us to talk about, all they need to do is call in and suggest a topic or a question or a comment, and we'll go down that road. Uh, Voice feedback gets priority here, 859-795-4067. And whenever we don't have voice feedback, guess what? You guys are at our mercy. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but seriously, though, thank you very much, Wayne. I, yeah, we, 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 I also agree that, that my iPhone is my, is, a matter of fact, it is the most used um, Apple computer uh, in, in our home, bar none. So, and I do consider it a, a little handheld computer. And I'm wanting the iPad more and more every day, my friend. <laughs> I am. I'm starting to want the iPad. And I. Well, I uh, um, who sent it to me yesterday? Eric Fisher sent me a video yesterday of kind of like what Wired's going to be doing. And I kept saying that, you know, once the periodicals come out with something compelling for the iPad. Yeah. I. I, yeah, if that video made me go, hmm. Yep, yep. You know? I, I'm telling you, I'm I'm getting more eager about it, you know, as it approaches. And and the thing is, it's like, man, am I going to get a new iPhone and an iPad this year? And, man, may, I don't know, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I definitely need a new iPhone. My, my, my 3G, they, they destroyed my 3G with their, with their OS. My my GPS does not work worth a crud anymore. I mean, it can get me, it can get me within you know a three or four block radius. Yeah, but it can't get me like it used to. I mean, it used to pinpoint me, you know, on on the sidewalk in you know in between two mailboxes, but not anymore. Anyway, huh. anyway, uh, anonymous two four seven six in our chat room said, you know, with the wireless router, uh, they found the problem to be with the renewal of the address, like when you have. If you don't have a static IP and you're, you know, they change your thing dynamically, it, that is exactly what would happen. And, and not to mention the fact that, you know, I oftentimes got errors even internally with the address that says, I'm sorry, we've already given out your IP address to another uh, computer in the house. And it, 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 let's just put it this way. It, it just go get yourself an Apple uh, router. And Mary Junker in our chat room says an Airport Express... Uh, would probably work just as well, and it's cheaper. That's what we use, and it covers my entire home. And so if you don't need to have Ethernet ports, then I would go ahead and do the Airport Express. But anything that is an actual Apple router, I I believe what you'll find, Maxine, will work on both your Macs and your PCs and anything else that you need to hook wirelessly to. Yeah, I I really believe just simply stop worrying, stop, stop playing around with it. Just go get yourself an Apple router and you'll I I think it'll solve your issues. And last little thing here, uh, I'm I'm playing the music. I got three and a half minutes. I want to just tell you real quick, my iPhone application that I have found that I love. 
Chris, you know that I don't know if you know this, but I have like I've always had this love hate relationship with audiobooks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of the there's there's no applications that's going to improve whether or not somebody is just absolutely drop dead boring listening to them read a book. Uh, so so there's, there's nothing you can do about that. Although there are sometimes you really get a great book. And you, you listen to it in audio form. The author is in, engaging, entertaining. It's great content. But the problem I was having with audiobooks is it's like I couldn't bookmark it and I couldn't take notes as I was going along. And, and that was really frustrating. It's just like I'm just, it's like a fire hose of information. And, you know, when I have a book, I would, I would actually highlight it and I would actually write notes in the margin. And then I was having problems with ebooks. And then all of a sudden with the Kindle app, you can actually physically highlight things. And you could type in notes into the iPhone app for the Kindle, which now actually syncs to uh, their servers, which actually shows up on the iPhone or the, the Kindle for the PC app. Awesome that I could take notes. But then all of a sudden, it just left my, my audiobooks out in the cold, right? Well, yeah. my, well my friends, I found an a, uh, iPhone application, and it's called Bookmark. That's it. Just Bookmark. And if you go buy it, I think it's like two ninety nine, one ninety nine, something like that. It's very cheap. Anyway, it will look at any of your Audible um, or your audio books, anything that's in that audio book format that's on your iPhone, and mm-hmm. and you launch the application. It shows them just like on a you know like in a list. It shows you the book cover and everything, and you click on it, and a couple it does a couple things. Number one, it always saves your place where you were the last. Uh, time you listened with the application right so it always saves it you can at any point you can click the button to bookmark it and you can name it like for example every time i get to a new chapter i'll put a bookmark or anytime they say something that i think oh my gosh this is amazing i'll click bookmark and you can add anytime you put a bookmark in you can type in notes they've got like this little notes section so you can type in all kinds of notes and you can email yourself the notes that you've made and i guess i haven't done that part yet but i would assume that it has time markers and all this other stuff written down so that if i wanted to do a podcast and share the three main insights that i really got out of listening to this portion of the book today i could actually go back to it and i say hey listen to this and i could just pull it up on bookmark that's awesome yes (laughs) you seem to like it i do love it man because you know I, i i wanted to be able to have the benefit of listening to audiobooks but I, I hated that I couldn't, you know, couldn't highlight things and I couldn't take notes. And now that seems to no longer be an issue. So cool application. It's called Bookmark. Anyway, folks, we love that you are listening to us. We ask that you give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline, 859-795-4067. Let us know what's on your mind. Ask us your questions. Leave us your comments. Talk to you soon. Until next time, join the community. Bye-bye.